Thanks for joining us today on the NateHoldridge.com podcast. We are back at it, season two. We are so excited to um, be releasing some new content to you. Uh, Today, we're having a conversation about running your race, and Pastor Nate is talking us through not uh, like a running race, but how we can live our lives to the glory of God by pursuing the opportunities that he puts in front of us and by being faithful to the things that he's called us to. So let's jump right into it. Season two. Season two. We made it through one season. It had like 30 episodes. We're back in it now. You know, back by popular demand. <laughs> the iTunes ratings have been blowing us away. You know that playing. horrible feeling when you get done with like a first season of something yeah. and you're just like, oh, I know they're going to cancel it. I love this show. I know they're going to cancel it. It's like gotten to the point where I don't even mess with a show unless I see like three seasons. Like then... <laughs> I'll, you know, I you might invest. invest. A little bit, I might yeah. invest. Yeah, I don't want to go through the emotional heartbreak of a show that I like not being enjoyed by the networks. That's somehow. so true. Or you watch one or like one season of a show you really love, and you're like, please just don't make another season because you're gonna ruin it. The first season was so good, dude. I'm just really hoping that doesn't happen right now. That is but... such an artist mentality right there. <laughs> oh man, they strayed from the vision of that first season, man. It's such a bummer. <laughs> no, it's plain. But it's great to have you back, Nate. And uh, you were on vacation for a few weeks. Um, can you give us, just give us like a few sentences about your vacation? Mm-hmm. Like, what was it like? It, was it good? Was it restful? Was it Yeah, energizing? my family and I, we, we're not really adventure people in the sense that, you know, it'd be nice to go on big adventures for our vacations. But that's for us. We felt that we need to make an investment in rest. So we go to the same place every year. We do the same thing every year, get up to a cabin uh, near Lake Tahoe. And yeah, it's a time for us to almost kind of like I was saying to you earlier, have a mini sabbatical to kind of reset the brain and just kind of be able to think about things, pray about things, enjoy each other and emotionally, spiritually uh, physically recharge yeah. for the year ahead. We don't really see it as much as a time to recover, but as a time to prepare That's for cool. what's coming. Yeah, yeah, recharge, prepare. I love that. Yeah, That's so rad. So you're back at it. We're in season two. Today we're having a conversation about running your race, yeah. and um, I thought we could kind of just jump right into it. Um, Nate, you talked about in this article about uh, Peter and James. And their lives, as yeah. it's kind of recounted in the book of Acts, and talked about their lives and their race. Um, could you just give us like a little bit of like a backstory to that story in particular, so we can kind of know where we're going with this conversation? Yeah, sure. So the the whole article uh, really stemmed actually from me reading a few comments uh, that others had written about Acts twelve that bugged cool. me. <laughs> <laughs> And and what it was, was, um, you know, in Acts 12, uh, it starts out with uh, Herod uh, rising up against now the apostles for the first time, and um, he kills James. Then he arrests Peter, and everybody's freaking out in the church because they think, man, James just died from Mm -hmm. this guy. Now Peter's been arrested. Peter's our number one. And now he's going to die. 
So they start praying like crazy, and right. God sends an angel, and Peter is miraculously released from his imprisonment. So in reading different people uh, who were writing about you know that story, uh, some of them were, were making the uh, assertion. They were saying, well, the reason that Peter was released is because they prayed. Hmm. And James could have been released if they had prayed. But at that point, they were just overly confident mm -hmm. that nothing could touch the apostles. So when James was arrested, you know, they didn't even think twice about it. And right. they just kind of waited for God to work a miracle because he'd released apostles before miraculously. So surely he'd do it again. And, you know, I tend to, you know, maybe that's the case, but the text just does not say that. Right. And when I look at what Jesus spoke specifically to Peter at the end of the Gospel of John, Peter was all bent out of shape, worried or thinking about something that Jesus had said to John hmm. about how he would uh, not die until a certain moment came. And Peter was wondering about himself, you know, or, you know, Jesus had indicated how Peter was going to die. And he's like, well, what about John? What about John? Hmm. And Jesus said, you know, if it's if it's my will that he remain, you know, alive, then what is that to you? So I think Peter understood, look, I have my race, John has his race, right. and James has his race. So when I read some people, you know, kind of thinking, well, you know, if they had just prayed, you know, that would have been the reason. Yeah. Uh, that would have set them free. It just kind of bothered me a little bit because I think that what God wants us to do is to embrace the race that's in front of us. And I think Amen. that James yeah. ran his race, Peter ran his race, and then John and others. So I just wanted to communicate that, you know, yeah, that, yeah. look, you know, we all have these different callings and uh, lives that God gives to us. We all have these different races that we are supposed to run. Mm -hmm. And not every one of the apostles could be the Peter, and not every one of the apostles right. could be the James, and not every one of the apostles could be the John, the revelator. Mm -hmm. You know, not everybody could operate and do the same exact thing. Right. And for them to sit around or for us to sit around and compare and contrast, you know, in, in that mm -hmm. kind of way is just unhealthy and unhelpful. Yeah, so true. it's better for us to just say, God, who have you made me to be? Who, who, what have you called me to do? And I want to mm. run in and do that. Yeah, man, I love that. I, I like, especially like towards the end of what you're just saying about like Peter's had to be Peter. James had to just be James. They all had their own things that God put in front of them. I think it's like a really beautiful thing to think about because I feel like what people and my, myself included oftentimes have conversations with myself or with friends that is just kind of based around this idea of like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know mm -hmm. how to be like the most Riley that I'm supposed to be. But um, I thought it'd be cool to hear from you, like just you as Nate, because there's no other Nate Holdridge. How did you kind of begin to learn what God had called you to do as Nate and not to be like another kind of pastor, another like leader. Does that make sense? It's a pretty like kind of loaded question. Yeah, I guess, totally. But... And I just want to point out that here we are in the studio. We both have our phones out for timers. And uh, I just saw that your mom was calling me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It says mom. Oh, that's awesome. You know, I'll call you back soon, mom. How appropriate, you know, even that your mom calls because I just have this line rolling around in my head that William Barclay wrote 
many years ago. He said that every man is an idea of God. Hmm. Every man is yeah. an idea of God. And, you know, he when he wrote that, he was specifically writing about the Apostle Paul and all the background stuff that he had going on for him as a Pharisee, a scribe, you know, all those different things. Roman citizenship. God had this idea right. about Paul and what he was going to do with Paul's life, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I joke around, you know, saying that because I see, you know, your mom calling and I think about, you know, you are an idea of God and God, mm-hmm. you know, gave you your, you know, very specific upbringing, your very specific parentage, your, mm-hmm. you know, specific place that you grew up in. He right. gave you all of those things because he had an idea of what he wanted to do through the redeemed version of Riley mm-hmm. Monzo. Yeah. And, you know, same for myself, you know, yeah. as well. I hesitate a lot of times to, you know, even talk about uh, some of my background and, and life and childhood and things mm-hmm. like that because I know how people work. You know, the second that I say that my dad was a pastor, then immediately they begin to equate, okay, so but that so that's why mm-hmm. you are today a pastor. And so, you know, then this false uh, equation is made, right, right. you know. Whereas, you know, we should be able to look back and understand, well, obviously that's not what it takes to be, you know, be a pastor, to be, you know, to be called by God, you know, that kind of thing. Every single one of us has a calling of God upon Mm -hmm. our lives. So it's just that he wants to use and redeem every part of our background and story Mm -hmm. and experiences for him and his glory. Yeah. So, you know... It's. I think that will be a developing thing throughout the entirety of my life. But there have been so many things that, because of my childhood, because of my upbringing, because of my experiences, uh, that the Lord has used to shape what I am today. You know, like mm. a, uh, our whole yeah. church planning, you know, desire and initiative and everything. Well, a lot of that comes, I think, from me having grown up in a church planning home. It took me a lot of years to try to figure that out and to realize that. Right. But. That's, I think, a big reason why I have a heart for Mm. church planning and church planners and want to be a support to them and their families and an encouragement in their lives is because of that background that God allowed me to have. Yeah, that's super good. As you've been living your life, Nate, and um, just kind of pursuing the opportunities that God puts in front of you, just like continuing to run that race that God has put in front of you, how have you dealt with um, like pain in that or like discouragement in that? Has there been times where pain or discouragement has come along the path towards something that you know God has called you to and you keep going towards that thing? Or has pain and discouragement been something that maybe that you would say God has maybe used to kind of push you in a different direction? Mm-hmm. That may kind of change the course of your race, if that's the right way of saying it? Yeah, I think both. Yeah. You know, there have been plenty of times where <clears throat> um, I have a vision for something. You know, I can, I, you know, early on, I just, in, in my ministry life, I just, you know, had a vision for young people and wanted to see God reach into the lives of young people. And 
I've seen him, you know, fulfill that in a, a lot of different ways, mm-hmm. you know, but it's never been something that has ceased to be a desire for mm-hmm. me. And there have been plenty of times where I've been discouraged, you know, in the results that I'm seeing and I'd mm-hmm. like to see more, you know, right. and things like that. But um, in those moments where I'm not seeing exactly what I, what I'd like to see, mm-hmm. you know, for, for some reason with something like that, I've, I've just been able to, uh, have a realization that, look, this is something that God wants. This is something that mm-hmm. God desires yeah. and we live in a fallen and broken world. So of course there's going to be opposition and difficulty and mm-hmm. it's not going to be easy. So I'm going to keep pushing, you know, in this area. And then there have been other things that I think, you know, we're all, we all have a flesh. So we all can, we can all, for our own self-glory and for wrong motivations, perceive callings from God upon our lives. And as we mature, we begin to discover, you know, God really hasn't called me to Mm. that. And that was something that I was probably just making up or wishfully desiring because, you know, I I wanted that for myself rather than something I wanted, you know, for God. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times that that kind of desire is connected to things that we would do that would be publicly known and seen, you know, because usually the private things, it's just that's really from the goodness of our own heart that Mm -hmm. we want to do those things. And that might be more close to the call of God on our lives. I remember having a buddy of mine who, you know, we were kind of getting started in ministry around the same time. I was probably a couple years ahead of him on the curve. And, you know, his whole ministry just really began to explode, Mm -hmm. you know, and just very public, very fruitful. And he was just very, very gifted and just really kind of battling with that, you know, because you kind of can easily like look around at the people that you're coming up with and there can be this tendency to compare totally, and, you know, to feel a sense of worth when you've, you know, feel like I'm doing better than, mm-hmm. you know, someone or, a, a, you know, a lack of worth when you feel like you're not doing as good as someone. Totally. And so the Lord really used that in my life to help me kind of process, like, what are you called to and what kind of race are you running and yeah. where are you going? The, the fleshly tendency is to tear down somebody else you know in your own mind and to belittle someone well you know those methods i don't agree with them or you know their style i would never do that you know or that type of thing and that's just kind of beside the point you know romans 14 tells us that god is the master of all of his servants and it's before the master that we stand and fall that we Mm. you know are approved or corrected and it's not the job of the other servants to look at a different servant and say you know you should do this or you should do that we can help each other but our job isn't to be the ones who give that ultimate judgment right but sometimes we do that to try to make ourselves feel better about who we are Mm -hmm. and so i just had to really go through a process of of kind of embracing no I have a I have a slower, longer burn, you know, mm. kind of 
ministry that God has asked me to do. And I just have to plod along in that and be comfortable with that. Mm. Uh, Because if I'm not, then I'm going to cut corners and I'm going to sacrifice in ways that I shouldn't. And it will be painful for everyone. Yeah, it feels like there's this desire. I, I wrestle with it often where it's, you know, you can see somebody like on Instagram or something like that doing something that you do, but doing it like... Like, like in your eyes, you're like, they're doing it way better than mm-hmm. I'm doing it. So like why why should I even pursue that in my context? They're already doing it great in this area. And I know that can be like a like a discouraging thing for our hearts. And for you to even say it just like that, to um, just know like you are in your place that God has put you in. He has an idea for you in your life. So pursue what God's put in front of you to do. It may not look the same as somebody else, but to know that you're you're doing your race not for yourself or your self gain, or maybe you are, but that's not the point that we're trying to get at. Yeah. It's to honor God with our lives, and sometimes that requires, like you said, like a slower burn. Some some people may go like real quick or real fast. Um, so yeah, it's just, cool for you just to say not that. not forgetting that. You know, we are the body of Christ, and, yeah. and the Lord is looking for representatives of his that are flesh and blood and mm-hmm. real for people throughout yeah. throughout the world. I mean, maybe a thing that would be helpful to us uh, is to simply imagine what ministry life would look like if immediately, like, a button was pushed where... There was no such thing as video, right. no such thing as a recording device, no such thing as the internet. And all of a sudden, you know, all of the, re- or even maybe even print literature or like yeah. widespread, you know, publications. If all of that was eliminated right now, and I'm not suggesting that that would be a good idea because right. these are great gifts, you know, from God. And I think they're actually part of you know, God giving dominion to mankind to be able to, you know, subdue the earth, you know? So (laughs) if, when we're using the internet for good, we're, we're doing the right thing and subduing the earth in the right way. But if you're just to imagine that for a second, then, you know, you start thinking like, okay, well, you know, like if for us as a church, in a few weeks, we're going to have a marriage conference yeah. that Dr. Paul Tripp is going to teach via video, right? Right, mm-hmm. And it's going to be great. It's going to be beautiful. And I think that's a great option that we have to be able to do that because, mm-hmm. you know, church our size, we probably couldn't bring him out to, right. you know, have a right. marriage conference here yeah. himself. But he has just great content. It's going to be wonderful. But somebody could sit there saying to themselves like why would i even want to learn about like giving good Mm -hmm. marriage counsel and why would i even want to learn about you know doing that kind of thing well just imagine that button being pushed and now you know a married couple they need you to sit in the living room with them Mm -hmm. and to talk with them and to encourage them and what we have to remember is that's the reality anyways all of that stuff, you know, where we're comparing and saying, why would I even do it? Why would I even write the book? Why would I totally. even write the article? Totally. Why would I even, you know, learn those things? The reality is, is that you should do it because 
there are going to be people who don't ever utilize mm-hmm. all those great resources that are out there, but they'll know you and you'll have a chance mm-hmm. to minister to them. You'll have a chance to speak to them. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I just think we just got to keep on going for it. Plus, you know, when you look at all that stuff, that's great. You know, a lot of times it was their 10th try or their 20th yeah, try at doing so something. And they had to yeah. go through all the process in the steps of saying like, uh, this isn't exactly what I am wanting to be or what I'm yeah. shooting for, but they just kept with it. They just kept going. They just kept doing it. And mm-hmm. then boom, there was a time where it was just like, man, that's so powerful. Right. And it isn't just because it's like now God decided that he would do it. There's this building up of their strength yeah. over the years. And, and don't cheat yourself from that process, yeah. you know, yeah. like the Bible study that you're leading right now for college students. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, hopefully, you know, in 10 and years, you're going to look back on that and say, you know, I'm a better teacher than I was back then. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. And if you keep going, you will. Yeah. You know, you right. will be able to say that. But you won't be able to say that unless you go through totally. all the teachings totally. that you're giving right now. You yeah. know, and sure, it'd be easy just to pop on a video of somebody who's really good. Right. You know, and just throw mm-hmm. it on there. Yeah. But the reality is, is that as you grow, you're going to improve. Yeah. So you just, you have to just deal with that and totally. say, praise God for the people that are, are awesome. Yeah. That are, you know, doing this wonderfully and powerfully and, and I'm just going to keep going. That's so good. I think we live in a time where we want things just so instantly. You know, everything can just be so instant. You want something, you go to Amazon, you get it. You can get instant likes on a photo you make or what, whatever. You know, it's like also so quick. And so mm-hmm. we have this need for like stimulus to happen all the time and to view our lives as something that's more of like a long-term process that goals are achieved through time and years sometimes. Yep that relationships take time to develop and all that. It's like just so hard oftentimes, you know? Yeah. But man, what a good reminder. It's like, this is a, this is a race. It's not just a quick sprint. This is something we go through. It's a lifelong process and it's about being faithful and honoring God in that. So totally, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. In, in uh, basketball, there's a team called the 76ers. They're Mm -hmm. from Philadelphia and they've been horrible for a long time. And they're, the guy who runs the team, he told the fan base years ago, he said, look, we have a plan and we're going to be really bad for a few years. But through the process of being really bad, we're going to get some number one draft picks and eventually we'll be really good. And he, in communicating to the fans oh about this, goodness. coined this term where he said, trust the process. Wow. Yeah. And actually, one of the players <laughs> that he drafted, who's turning out to be like a phenomenal player now, really? wow. he has nicknamed himself the process. <laughs> <laughs> and the fans, when that he's shooting so free tight. throws, everybody chants, trust the process. <laughs> so when you're saying that, I'm like, yeah, that's 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 exactly it. You know, oh, We have to trust that God has this process in our lives and that as we just keep moving, he is doing these things in our, in mm-hmm. our lives. And to, you know, I think sometimes it's like, you know, I've heard of women who as they are aging, but you have yet not yet had 
children, sometimes they'll talk about like, a, you know, I have this like biological clock, you know, that's ticking and mm-hmm. I want to have children, you know, and I think, but I think a lot of us do that with a lot of different things, yes. whether it's children or in our usefulness to God or different aspects of our sanctification that we want to see happen. We have this like clock in our heads, you know, like, oh, why isn't this happening yet? And that might not, and, and a lot of times it's because we can look around and see other people who those things are happening for them in their lives and they haven't yet happened for us at that same kind of time line of life. But that's not always the plan of God. You know, we have to just be cool with whatever he's going to do for us. Thanks for joining us today in this conversation. If you're looking for some more content from Pastor Nate, please head over to nateholdridge.com. You can find a ton of podcasts there, articles that Nate is working on, and teachings that he gives at his home church, Calvary Monterey, and online. Also, while you're online, please consider going to the iTunes store or whatever app you're using to listen to this podcast, and please leave a rating and review. That would help us out a ton. But until next time, God bless you. We'll see you soon.